Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. year 2015. I'm your host, Larry Bavery, and tonight's episode is titled, Words Don't Mean Things. You used to think words mean things, but now they don't. Seems like it's a transient thing. You can't convey a message with words. You can't convey a law with words. It's a continual dumbing down. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the Supreme Court, the Supremes, doing exactly what you expect them to do, legislate from the bench. But first, let's digress a little bit, because last week we talked about Hillary Clinton, a carnival of evil. There's just all kinds of stuff going on. An article surfaced in the Associated Press just when you think you've heard the last of the email, it says missing Clinton emails likely to raise new questions. Like, what do you expect? There's a law for the elite, and there's a law for everyone else. The Clintons can commit crimes of all sorts year after year out in plain sight, mind you, and nothing happens. Other people, well, put away. Well, the story says the State Department cannot find in its records all or part of 15 work-related emails from Hillary Rodham Clinton's private server, yes, private server, mind you, that were released this week by a House panel investigating the 2012 attack in Benghazi, Libya, officials said. Now, if you want to see this article, go to the Associated Press website and read it for yourself. I'm not going to read it here, and by the way... It says on the copyright notice, this material may not be published, broadcast, rewritten, or redistributed. So I'm not going to rebroadcast it or broadcast it by reading you the article. But you can go read it. It's more of the same. I'll tell you where you can get those private emails. Let's see. Private server, that means the Chinese have them. The Russians have them. Every enemy of the United States has them. Maybe allied countries have them. Every intelligence service has them. And no doubt the NSA has them. Congress, why don't you go to the NSA and get the whole thing? Because if the government, with all its huge staff, cannot keep its records secure, what do you think Hillary's going to do? How secure can she keep her records? on a private server sitting in her basement. I'll wager not at all secure, especially when you have the best minds in the world trying to attack said server. So enough of that. Let's go on to what's in the news. First up, the Supreme Court upholds Obamacare. Yes, indeedy. And the Republicans are all on board with this. They pretend to oppose it. Meanwhile, they sit back and let the Supremes take care of changing the law because the Republicans don't want to do it. 
but Democrats don't want to do it. They'll just sit back. Now, what's this thing about? Let's step back and review. It has to do with subsidies for medical care under the officially named Affordable Care Act, commonly known as Obamacare. Law says it's for exchanges established by the state. Now, you see, it was assumed that this would provide the incentive for states to establish their own exchange for health care because if people had to rely on the fallback mechanism of the federal health care exchange, they would not get the subsidy. Thereby, it was intentional that only state websites, only state exchanges would be able to provide the subsidy. Thereby, states would be forced to do it or they'd put pressure on the states. So what were the remedies? The remedies were Congress could change the law or the states could come in and say, hey, we've got a problem here. Let's fix the website. Let's start our exchange. So didn't happen. The Supreme Court just nullified these words. And here we go. Justice Antony Scalia in the dissent from the bench said, we should start calling this law SCOTUS Care, using the acronym for the Supreme Court. Scalia said his colleagues have twice stepped in to save the law from what Scalia considered worthy challenges. Yes, this is the second time they saved it. The court holds that when the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act says exchanges established by the state, it means exchanges established by the state or the federal government. This, is, of course, is quite absurd. That's coming from Scalia. And the court's 21 pages of explanation makes no less so. Scalia added words no longer have meaning if an exchange that is not established by a state is established by a state. It is hard to come up with a clearer way to limit tax credits to state exchanges other than to use the words established by the state. Seems obvious to me, but let's continue. And it is hard to come up with a reason to include the words by the state other than the purpose of limiting credits to state exchanges. And like I just previously said, that is what is going on. Well, let's get started with callers early here. Let's see if anyone has something to say. And the call-in number is 310-807-5158. Or if you need a toll-free number for your landline, 877-878-1431. So first up, area code 407. Do you have anything to add on this? Well, I believe it's... uh... This is definitely the Obama's week. He did give a great speech tonight. I'll give him that. You know, I mean, he was inspiring. The speech that he gave today uh, about the tragedy and everything else. But, I mean, this was Obama's week. And for the Obama lovers, out, which is well probably half the country, um, they are, look at him as, you know, probably the greatest president ever because what he's doing. He is transforming this country. He has Republican Congress in his back pocket passing that new trade bill this week. He also has Supreme Court in his back pocket on both these decisions. And he's done a pretty good job on manipulating the whole system. There is no real opposition to him. And um, it's just what it is. I mean, it, but I, I'll give him credit. His speech, I listened to it, was pretty inspiring. And he's a good speaker. It's always, it's reminiscent of uh, King III. I mean, he, uh, he was really, or Martin Luther King Jr., not third, but he, he gave a great speech. Um, and, you know, the media's playing it up, and, and they even had the White House in colors today, in rainbow colors, you know. Um, it was very, very, very successful week for Obama, and it proves that the you know I'm an anti-federalist, so I'm not happy about the thing because federalism 
has gotten bigger. And federalism is on both by the Republican and the Democratic Party. I mean, the anti-federalists are the Tea Party, which should succeed from the Republican Party and start its own, run its own person for president. Or, you know, people that want to try to get back. And the states themselves, there's a lot of state right issues where states are starting to um, usurp and go beyond federal bad laws. Because federal government is nothing but bad laws. Everything about them. You know, the anti-federalists never wanted the Supreme Court or the presidency. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I, I would love to see states need to get together. And the state, you know, part of the problem is the state shouldn't even be licensing marriage. Marriage should be between on a spiritual level, not on a government level. And so you know, the, founders, I, I, so you're saying, in in essence, it comes from the church or whatever religion that people exactly. practice, or I guess in the case where people don't have a religion, they traditionally go down well, to the justice or the peace or the magistrate or somewhere and get a civil ceremony. No. Well, they don't. They wouldn't even need to go to get civil ceremony. They can go get one wherever they want. I don't think the government should be involved in marriage. Period. You know, that's what. I, and I think that's the way that we need to go with the right states. To go with the states' rights to say we're not recognizing marriage. If you want to put a contract out there that you have this contract written up with whoever, that's fine. But you know, it should be a spiritual matter and it should be away from the state. And that's the problem when we start relying on states to license us. I mean, the libertarian position is basically the state should not even be involved in, in marriage, period. But when you start doing this kind of stuff, that's what happens. And that that ruling is minor paired to the trade bill that was passed and paired to Obamacare that's, you know, flying through flying colors by Boehner Jr. and everybody voted Republican. They are the ones, because actually it's the Republicans uh, appointed, you know, oh, we want to have our, our guys appointed to the Supreme Court. Well, see, guys, he's a pretty, you got five or four in there. Why are you losing? Because the Republicans are the same as the Democrats. Not a whole lot of difference. Now, somewhere in here, I saw a story from, about Mitch McConnell, and he's pretty much on board with the Democrats, too. Oh, yeah, Mitch McConnell. I call him Mitch McConnell. And O'Banner Jr., but it really don't matter. I, I always knew the Republicans were the same. I mean, I, I was protesting against Nixon, impeached Nixon back in the 70s. I mean, he took us off the gold standard. They, they're all on the same boat. They're all on the same. They're all federalists. They're all about centralized power and big government and big corporations. And it's going to take the states to kick out big government and big corporations. And the states could actually, and states did put limits on corporations for many, many years. We need to limit corporations. We need to limit big government. And they're in bed together, and they bail each other out, and there is really no difference between them. It is the federal that's come home the root, just as our founding fathers predicted. You know, they, there was a lot that, like, Patrick Henry refused to go to the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia because he smelled a rat. And that rat has really come home to roost. And he even said during ratification debates, he sees a day when the, the federal government will grow so big and large that it will come into our houses and measure everything we eat, drink, and wear. People look like, well, that, we don't even have it better. That, that, that day is right around the corner. That day is right What's around that? the corner. That's the day oh, where the it's already, It already is here. <laughs> around the corner? Are you kidding me? I mean, they're huge. It's huge. It's monstrous. It's just the largest, hugest. Uh, from a, 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 when they founded this country, they wanted a limited government. They were getting away from this strong, centralized government. Today, King George's government's a piece of cake compared to what we're facing today. You know, and, and the biggest problem is probably the Republican Party. The Republican Party says they're for conservative values. So they'll tell you, yeah, I, I'm for conservative values. Vote for me. Then they turn around and guess who they do? They do mar the work of Marx. They are Marxists. So a Marxist is a big centralized government. That's what Marx wanted. He, he Marx part of the, uh, thanks to the Communist Manifesto, the income tax, um, decentralized banking, 
everything centralized and keep the people under your thumb. And that's basically okay. where we're going. Well, let's let's jump back and review where this all started. Well, the big point I see is around 1913, we had Woodrow Wilson. And among other things, he segregated the federal government employees. So there you have the racist Woodrow Wilson. And then he did the Christmas recess signing of the Federal Reserve. Now, the Federal Reserve, of course, was where the whole thing started going downhill fast, along with the 16th and 17th Amendments. So we got the income tax, and we got rid of the state appointment of senators. And I see the 17th Amendment is where the big downfall came, because now the states don't have any representation. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true. The 16th and the 17th were the worst. Uh, but you can go on longer. I mean, federal look at, uh, at Franklin Roosevelt in the 30s made it illegal to own gold coins. I mean, that was pretty bad. Uh, Nixon took us totally off the gold standard, sold off the, uh, the gold in Fort Knox at like, $35 an ounce at that time. Um so they, can you imagine buying gold for thirty-five dollars an ounce? Now those guys that did it then and bought out Fort Knox made a killing, and that's where the centralization of the bankers came. Um, yeah. And after Nixon, you-, uh, you know Reagan. Reagan signed the. Uh, they would love to have Reagan's bill that he signed for immigration because he started the illegal immigration. He, he granted them like a magic wand. Reagan says, "You're all now citizens." came here illegally, but I love you. I'm signing this paper. You're all now citizens. And you see where that leads. And where are we at today with that? He opened up the floodgates when he put his pen. And, he, you know, later he might have said, oh, that's the worst thing I ever did. Well, why'd you do it? And, you know, they're all the same. That's, that is the picture. They're all the same. There's really not much difference. They're all on the same agenda to bring us down to big brother government ruling the people for their Supreme Court and executive orders. Okay, and just jumping back to Woodrow Wilson again, we actually have had a woman president before Wilson's wife because he got to the point where he couldn't do anything and his wife was running the country, making all the decisions, and it was like the movie Weekend at Bernie's where they're trying to pretend that Bernie's still alive. And she was trying to pretend... Wilson was still alive, which technically he was alive, but he was non-functional, and she was the president, effectively. So we have had a woman president. And then jumping back, Roosevelt, as you mentioned, was another major point. But the, the thing that really put the final nail in the coffin was going off the gold standard was with... The Federal Reserve, which I I need to point out again because people hear the word federal and they think it's actually a government agency, but it's actually as federal as Federal Express. And they have this unique power. It's the power to create currency out of thin air and then loan it out and collect interest on it. So why is our Treasury not printing the currency and using that to finance the government rather than having the Federal Reserve currency, and then they have to pay the Fed. And there's no way to pay it back mathematically because the amount owed to pay back is the principal plus interest. So it's just a way. There's just no way out unless you declare the debt in value. Yeah, uh, Kennedy tried to uh, put an executive order in and tried to get a pot, uh, uh, some action to bring in a, a back by Congress rather than the Federal Reserve, but he never really got a chance to see that happen. Um, you know, it is what it is, but, I mean, uh, the main thing is people need to realize when you're voting for Republican or Democrat, you're voting for the system. You're voting for the establishment. Because there's so we have the, very few people 
either in the Democratic or Republican Party that believe in the Constitution. Well, they believe in big government. So we have Obama legislating. He makes laws up as he goes. In fact, he's modified Obamacare a few times, such as delaying the enrollment deadline just by executive order, which sounds illegal to me. And then the Supreme Court's done it twice. Let's back up to the first time when they declared a penalty was a tax. I think the reasoning went something like, well, Congress could have made it a tax instead of a fine, even though they expressly made it a fine. But we'll just rewrite it. We'll just pretend it's a tax, and that makes it legal, even though there's no consideration that the actual tax was not one of the legal forms of taxation allowed by the Constitution. So we have that going on. Then, we, of course, we have the Congress, which is the official legislative body. And then, like I read, mentioned in the show description, there's the fourth branch of government, and that is the bureaucracy. And you have all these agencies writing law that people have to abide by with no vote or election whatsoever. I mean, who elected the EPA or the IRS or the FCC or any of these other bodies? Yeah, I um and but it's up to we the people, the ultimate check and balance and the greatest branch of government that has the ultimate, you know, say in it if we actually get out and do something. And there are I will give a a shout out, I work with a lot of people that try to bring back states' rights. And we need to bring back states' rights and uh Thumber knows is the federal government. I mean Creature from Philadelphia moved down to D.C. Uh, the creature from Philadelphia, the Anti-Federalists, never wanted to start from the first place because they knew, they realized they didn't like that executive branch or the judicial branch. They even probably didn't two branches of thing. They, one state, one vote. Keep the federal government small. Keep it inadequate. That was their vision. You know, that was the vision of Patrick Henry and Thomas Jefferson and the Anti-Federalists. And today we're still with that state, but the same battle's still going on. The battle hasn't ended. It went through a civil war. It went through everything else. It's between the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, those who want the strong, centralized Marxist government and those who want the decentralized government and let the people have their own control in their own areas. Okay, so moving along with increasing government, what did Carter create? He created the Department of Energy, which really doesn't have anything to do with creating energy or managing energy. And the Department of Education, wasn't there a third one he right. created? Well, there's so many departments today, but it doesn't matter who created because they both go along with it and they both support it. None of them are going to take it down. So we really have a one-party system. They only make you believe there's a two-party system. And, they, they, you know, the good cop, bad cop scenario. And anybody that votes for either Democrat or Republican, well, they're part of the problem. Do we have a good third party to vote for? Well, we Just have a good third Well, you know, I, you know, I support the Libertarian Party but and the Constitutional Party, either one of those two. But I would love to see the Tea Party succeed. And I, I go to Tea Party meetings and say, it's time we succeed from the Republican Party. Let the Republican Party fall into the Democratic Party where they belong. And let's start a, uh, a get back to the Bill of Rights, limited government, Constitution, Party. I don't care if you call it the Tea Party. I don't care if you call it the Constitution Party. I don't care if you call it the Libertarian Party. But we need to break loose from the Federalists. We need to start an anti-Federalist Party. And, you know, we had an anti-Federalist Party as when this country was founded. Unfortunately, today, we don't have an anti-Federalist. Well, we have a very mild the Libertarian the Constitutional Party, but between the two of them, they might get 1.5% of votes. The Tea Party is over 20%. If they would wake up, and get enough of them to wake up, it's time to succeed from the Republican and Democratic parties and run our own candidates. So how do you get the Tea Party to actually become a real political party? 
Well, that's a tough thing. You know, you got to start locally, you got to go to Tea Party meetings and encourage them that, hey, you know, <laughs> voting for the, you know, Twilly D or Twilly Doe is not working. So we got to put our own people up there. And I would like to see a Tea Party. Hopefully, maybe it'll catch on. Maybe after all these decisions and seeing the greatest week of Obama's career, thanks to the Republican Party and thanks to the Republican uh, appointed uh, officials at the Supreme Court level, and you know, uh, he might go down as greatest president in the world if we don't get a third party that you know, a new party that kind of uh, says we're going to go back to the Constitution. Yeah, well, I think you, you, we haven't seen anything until they drop the TPP on us. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was like, like you said. I mean, <laughs> there was no victory in November with Republicans winning. <laughs> it was just uh, a, a, an illusion, a big illusion. I hope you didn't vote Republican, <laughs> but if you did, well, you know, you voted for the system and you voted for Obama. And Obama's happy that you voted for him. And he had a very great week this week. Yeah, my own Republican congressman in the second district of Virginia voted with Obama. So what's the point of having a Republican in there? He votes the same as the Democrat we had before we got Republicans. Right. That's why I, I know I would never vote Republican. I know from you know the Nixon day, I, I despised him. I despised the Republican Party from that day and the Democratic Party. I have you know saying there's there's no real parties there. They're the same. They answer to the bankers. And you know if you will vote well, that's on your conscience, man. I I mean I know our founding fathers, especially the anti fellows, would have never voted for either Republicans or Democrats. Well, we had the Articles of Confederation. That might have been a better choice. Oh, it was. I mean, there was there were people that fought it hard. Actually, when when you went to the ratification base and looked at what they were trying, we were under the Articles of Confederation. It was almost like passing Obamacare, trying to get the that federal government through. And like I said, Patrick Henry warned and said, jumped up and down, and says, "This isn't going to work. This is bad. This is bad." People didn't listen to it. Unfortunately, now people are voting, you know, think they have a choice. But when they pull either Republican or Democratic uh, lever, all they're pulling is the same lever to, to put more power into the government and less for the people. And the anti-feminist want to keep the power with the people. When I was in school during the Cold War, the Russians had the Communist Party, and I tell her, well, you, the Russians have elections. You can vote for a communist or a communist. And I think right. we've been a little shrewder about it here because you can vote for a, what are you going to call them, a fascist or a fascist under the name of Democrat or Republican. And really, fascism yeah. is just the merger of government and corporate power. It's also called crony capitalism. When people hear the word fascist, a lot of them think Nazis. But fascism is not Nazism. It's a merger of corporate and government power, with the corporate power being pretty much over top of the government power. Exactly. You know, and that's where our main dilemma lies. It's people don't realize. There's only two things the government can be, as Washington says. It isn't eloquence, it isn't reason, it's force, like fire, a dangerous servant, or a fearful master. Well, our founders set up that we were under dangerous servants. But what do dangerous servants want to become? Fearful masters. So what they do is put a ploy in there and make you think that you actually have a choice. Vote for dictator one or dictator two. Okay? But we're going to be your masters. So it's we got to turn the Anybody in governments are servants. The worst party, I think, is the Republican Party over the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, I believe, yeah, people believe in socialism and Marxism. They're taught in the school systems, they're taught everywhere else. And the Democratic Party embraces that and says, that's what we are. Okay, I know what Obama was. He didn't lie to me. 
who lies to me and says, I'm a conservative, it's O'Banner Jr. and all his cronies, they tell us straight to the face, therefore, less government, but they never deliver. They turn around and walk the other way. That is a bigger farce and a bigger lie than Obama. I can deal with Obama better than I can O'Banner Jr. Oh, absolutely. Now, here we have an article from the Weekly Standard, Republicans to the Rescue, and that a rare partnership on, quote, free trade. It was that... It was an out-of-body experience. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he was talking about his congratulatory phone call from President Obama after the TPA passed the Senate last week. It was kind of fun. McConnell enjoyed the hearing the President castigate Democrats who voted against TPA and opposed the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Treaty, whose passage is now all but certain. So they're saying it's pretty much a done deal now. So we've got this trade deal locked up in a vault so secret that no one can see it except maybe a few Congress people can go look at it with no note-taking or anything like that. I don't know what's in it either, but I have to figure if it's so secret that they have to hide it in the vault, it must be pretty bad. Something bad is in it coming our way. Otherwise, they'd be advertising it, putting it on TV, say, hey, look what's going to happen. This is going to be so good, you got to give us the credit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically uh, taking a manufacturing base out of the U.S., um, which, you know, back in the days, we ran this country off of tariffs to protect our trade. And you never know what's coming out of China. Even their own people are getting crap served to them as food. There, there's a story. They they just, in the past week, there was a big scandal in China about 40-year-old meat being sold on the market. I don't know how you get yeah. 40-year-old meat, but apparently it had been sitting in a freezer somewhere for 40 years, and then someone found it and decided they'd just sell the stuff. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough out there. I mean, it's, you know, uh, but we're fortunate that we still have the Bill of Rights. I think the uh, the people of America might wake up. Unfortunately, most of our people are being educated in these, you know, socialist school systems. So it's a tough battle, man, to try to educate the populace. But we got to keep putting out the Bill of Rights and harp on it because the Bill of Rights is really our freedom. It's the greatest thing that ever happened. I mean, the triumvirate of American liberty is the Bill of Rights, the Ten Commandments, and the Gospel of Christ. And if we lose that doesn't matter anymore. And then there is the current crop of students coming out of the schools brainwashed in the government way. Some reporters every now and then make these videos asking people questions to see what kind of ridiculous answers they get. And there's one recently about a reporter asking high school students at their graduation when the United States became independent, most of them didn't have a clue. Yeah, Some of them were off I mean, by a hundred or more years. I would rather they know. I would rather every student know the Bill of Rights and understand its implementation on how our freedoms were protected by it. And that isn't definitely being taught in school enough. Um, that's why a lot of people are going to home schools and cyber schools and other alternatives. Hopefully it will come around. You know, things go in cycles. I think we might get a, uh, a push. You know, it's a big push. I think Americans might wake up and start looking back at uh, the church stronger and and saying, you know what, this government's getting a little too pushy for us. I, I know, know it's too pushy for 
there's some people who are very awake and alert and know exactly what's going on. Then you have the dumb masses or dumb asses, whatever you want to call them, that are they just don't have a clue. Yeah, but most of them deep down they want to be free, and that's one thing. The spirit of human liberty is pretty hard to. Um, you know, it's extinguish. Uh, I think that we have a good chance to overcome all these problems. I mean, of this week, of all the things that happened, the trade deal was, well, between the trade deal, toss-up, but those were the two worst things that happened. Actually, Obama giving a good speech. I liked my president to give a good speech. And it sounded good. You know, I mean, it really did. I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to hear it today. He just did it today for, at the uh, funeral. But everything kind of came together for him this week. This is probably his finest week, most satisfying week to Obama as a person and as a president uh, in his whole, you know, 10 year, I'd say seven years he's been there. Well, Time will tell. The clock is ticking down, and he's got to ram yeah, this well, trade you know, deal through. He's got to ram the trade deal through in a hurry. Uh, it's already rammed through. I mean, it's pretty much you know. I, I don't see them stopping it. You know, because really, who's the opposition? There is no opposition to to the federal bureaucracy. You know, and the federal bureaucracy is like a uh, a kingdom of its own. You know, you're not going to hear any Republicans really come out there and say, get rid of the IRS or audit. Well, there, there's a few that say, get rid of the IRS. And there's a few that say, audit the Fed. Very few. You know, out of the 535, maybe 25, you know, um, the majority of them are, 510 of them are saying, Obama's our hero. Obama's our hero. And it doesn't matter if they're Republicans or Democrats. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I can't say I'll never vote for a Republican or a Democrat, but I will say right now, when I get the bumper stickers printed, I will never vote for a Clinton or a Bush because that is the that, American dynasty. I have a hard, I can't, I can't vote for a Republican or a Democrat. Never have. Yeah. Probably never will because I see them. I've seen them. This Nixon era well, for what they are. They're a bunch of Federalists. They're a bunch of Marxists. And they might try to buffalo you until they're not what they are. And that's what I don't Well, I, we had... I see the, and then the proof, the proof pudding. This week really shows it better than any week ever. This week shows it. It shows the lie that the Republican Party is. They are not opposition. They are the yes, sir. I'm your answer man to Mr. Obama. Well, I had heard that there's two large grocery stores in the UK that are actually the same store, but they have different names so they can make people think they have a choice with where they buy their groceries, but in fact they're buying from the same company. Yeah, well, that's Almost. the same with most of our most of our processed food and everything else. The corporations are out of control. The globalists are. We used to have limit on corporations in the states, even up in this up until the early '70s when Nixon got the power. And you know, before the, I would say even in the late '70s up until, you know, but it doesn't really matter. The presidency is just a rubber stamp for these people. Um, but we used to have limits on. On you know like uh, if you had a credit card for Exxon or SO or whatever, it, it was only good in this state, that state, and that state. You know, I mean, they had to jump through hoops. Now they don't. They're they're not only you know covering all the states; they're covering the whole world. And we've lost our individual sovereignty and our individual state sovereignty.
Okay, well, now I'd like to digress to something else. I've referenced the movie Idiocracy, which is actually one of my favorite movies because it pretty well portrays the situation we're in and how the people are getting dumbed down. So, first of all, I, let I me saw play that this. Movie. You did? I saw that movie. Yeah. I'm not a, I mean, it's all right. I mean, it's a little corny. Um, well, well like, it was, but it was. You know, like better, better than Idiocracy? Uh, two movies I like better than Idiocracy. Well, it's not on my list of the greatest movies of all time. I know the greatest movie, the greatest movie title of all time was Snakes on a Plane, but unfortunately, this movie didn't live up to the title. Yeah, well, you know, a great movie was in 1965, a movie called Fahrenheit 451 off of Ray Bradbury's book. Yeah, that was a great movie. movie. That one shows where we're at. That you know, much better than *Idiocracy*, and it was made in 1965. I mean, that movie. I, I encourage people. Anytime people meet people that are into liberty, you got to see *Fahrenheit 451*. This is what we're up against. This is you know, because they had flat screens everywhere, and you know what? They would just like poo-poo everybody that um, went against them. They didn't even care if they caught them or whatever. But they, and they were burning all the books and. And if you get all your information off the flat screen, and you know they they went into hiding. Well, you probably read the book and you know or saw the movie and into hiding. Memorize the books and memorize yeah. the, you know the Bill Rights and the Constitution, and that's where we might have to go. I mean, it's just it's getting to what Ray Bradbury saw. 1984 is another great movie that you know Orwell saw how the system works. <laughs> he didn't like it either. Well, in fact. A lot of fiction was written, which is actually the facts disguised as fiction, where the people knew what the plan was, and they just, instead of writing an expose, they wrote a novel or fiction to expose what was going on. And 1984 pretty well shows what's going on now. With we, we've got all these wars going on endlessly. Got to feed the military-industrial complex. Yeah. And the prison industrial complex. And that's where we got to get our people together at the state level and say, we got to quit doing this. we got to quit waging war on our own people. You know, I mean, the amount of war that we're waging on Americans because of the war on drugs. You know, they have wars every which way you can show, but it's ridiculous. Well, they've got contracts with these private prisons to keep them pretty well filled up. So when they've got the pressure on to fill the prisons, by golly, they're going to find some people and convict them of something and put them in that prison. And drugs is a good way to do it. Yeah, it's, it's drug a terrible charge. thing. No. And then they, and it's not just the prisons, they pretty much have company towns there. People come to visit, well, they own the restaurants, they own the gas stations, they own the motels, they own everything. So they get all the money from people coming in to visit their relatives in this distant prison. And, of course, if a prisoner ever wants to make a phone call, well, they're just totally robbed blind with these outrageous phone rates. So they they get them every which way they can. And pay off the politicians yes. to keep the prisons full. Yeah, it's another way. Uh, it's another way Americans lose their freedom. They just attack at every little edge they can get. And you know, the, you know, the, all these things we're talking about: the IRS and the military industrial prison industrial complex uh, are both supported by, and worse, that they alter by the Republican and the Democratic Party. And, you know, they like to point at each other, it's all his fault, and it's all his fault. And in the back room, they're having a good old drink together and laughing and saying, we got the best health care, we got the best everything, the best pension plans. None of them are going to come up and say, we should have term loans like we had under the Arctic Confederation. So the, the articles had term limits? Yes, they did. Uh, in fact, Madison was term limited uh I think it's one of the reasons he kind of turned into a federalist 
and Jefferson was away. He would have never turned into a Federalist if Jefferson was there. And, but uh, Hamilton and Washington took him under his wing, and they kind of uh, said, you're coming with us. And, well, you know, he was kind of for more, a stronger central government. But, you know, he never envisioned, you know, he was still a moderate guy. Um, and then he actually turned into a, an anti-Federalist. He wrote the Kentucky Resolution against the uh, Alien and Sedition Act. He was an ardent anti-Federalist uh, by 1798. But, you know, he started turning his views towards, you know, the um, anti-Federalist by backing of Bill of Rights, which, would be, you know, they try to bring the country together. Because, you know, there was no way they could have got the Constitution through without a Bill of Rights. George Mason, in fact, himself, the guy who wrote the uh, Virginia Bill of Rights, and, um, he actually was at the Constitutional Convention. And towards the end of the convention, he says, well, let's put a Bill of Rights in here. You know, I can, you know, I already have one in Virginia. We can do this pretty quick. You know, this is late August, early September, before September 17th when it's actually signed. And he said, nah, we don't need a Bill of Rights. Nah, we don't need a Hamilton and any other power-hungry people. Nah, we don't need a Bill of Rights. And George Mason, when it came time to sign, he said, before I put my signature to this Constitution without a Bill of Rights, I sooner chop off my right hand. I sooner chop off my hand and use it to sign it. Wish Ray going to said that during the uh, when he signed the bill for illegal immigrations to be free to be American citizens. I mean, that was like since then that was one of the worst things in the last thirty-five or forty years. Eighty-six, I think it was, or eighty-seven. I mean, since then, okay, hey, look, they give you free citizenship. Come to America. <laughs> and so, instead of two or three or four million that they did that time, now we're looking at twenty or thirty million. And that gets into the cloud pivot strategy. I haven't heard anyone using that term for a long time, but the whole scheme there is to bankrupt the government bring down the system, load up the welfare system so it's unsustainable, and thereby we get into neo-feudalism. We have the elites on top, and we have the peasants on the bottom and no one in the middle, and that's the way they like it. Right. And, you know, it's like, and that's what the battle's always been about. You know, the oligarchy doesn't want to give up. I mean, we you know we fought an oligarchy to to uh, establish the United States, and then you know we were doing fine in the Articles of Confederation. Uh, yes, these rebellion people say, but you know a lot of people weren't that fearful of it, and we really didn't. You know, it would have been nice if they did abort the uh, creature from Philadelphia, but they didn't. And the creature moved to D.C. and it's grown so big that it's the largest, most massive, most intrusive government the world has ever known. Battle right there. These guys have the power. And it's not only, you know, these, these oligarchical people are, you know, for a whole new world order. They own the U.N. too, so, and they want to own the U.S. The only thing stopping from owning the U.S. is the Bill of Rights. Well, they're working on it, picking it off amendment by amendment. Right. Well, we can, you know, fight back. I mean, we got to stand up for liberty. You know, and I think there's a lot of states that are doing good. I mean, we have six states that totally legalized marijuana right now. And if you know the history of marijuana, actually, the hemp plant is one of the most natural, easily universal form of uh, substance for mankind. And, uh, you know, Jefferson and Washington are hemp farmers. If you look at it, there's a hemp-filled PA, a hemp-stead PA. There's there's hemp. If you look at, under the names of towns, the cities named after hemp. And all the, uh, in fact, the War of 1812 was over hemp. All the sailing and rigging at the time, the word canvas comes from hemp, all the sails were all made from hemp. And hemp can do 
of a lot of great things. But the fossil fuel, the oil dictators in the 30s made it illegal. And, you know, once we start seeing the states and, this, you know, the federal hasn't come at them, you know, from the Democratic issue yet, if they get a Republican president next time, they might start attacking, you know, Colorado and Washington, Oregon, Alaska, other states that say, hey, no, we have the right to do this, and we can be self-sufficient with this plan, and we don't need the government. Yeah. Did we lose you? No, I'm here. Okay, good. So, we're talking about states being independent. I had a thought. The, the Civil yeah. War was was essentially about whether a state can secede. And I think this Constitution did not really provide a mechanism for states to leave the Union or say they couldn't. Do you know that the Constitution right. say was, anything it was, about it was this? Kind of neutral. It was neutral. It was pretty neutral on it. Um, but you had hotheads on both sides. And you had oligarchies on both sides. It really wasn't the people that wanted it. It was the oligarchies on both ends that wanted it. And, um, you know, that's that's the so situation where, um, you know, I mean, because so neither... They, neither they keep, yeah, they keep throwing out this idea the Civil War was about slavery, when in fact... The North didn't have slavery because the Industrial Revolution got there first. Although, is it slavery to have a child chained to a textile machine for 12 or 16 hours a day slaving away in the textile mill? Is that slavery? It's not the same kind of slavery, but... Yeah, well, man, it's always been like that. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, there's both sides of the issue. I mean... <laughs> Frankly, I wish it would never happened. I mean, the, the hothead speaking was a hothead. He should never, you know, I mean, he should have tried to negotiate. He never did try to negotiate and try to bring him back in peacefully and try and to encourage him. Carnage him. Was there, you know, the carnage that? was incredible. I don't think anyone can oh, imagine how devastating it was to have people killed by the hundreds of thousands in a short period of time. It's nothing well, like it was, the worst was today. No, it was terrible. It was it was an awful war. That's why people, you know, always remember and always think about it, you know. And, um, you know, Obama had his big figure of all the uh, Confederate flags coming down. And, you know, he, this was the week of all weeks for Obama. Can, can you imagine? If you were Obama, wouldn't you love this week? You got gay marriage, you got the flags coming down, you got to get this big speech that sounded like Martin Luther King Jr., you got the trade thing you wanted, you got everything to transform this country just the way you wanted it. Now, waiting in the wings, there's a lot of discussion about a financial collapse or a bubble popping. So, what's going to happen there? That just well, I don't think it's Yeah, that's more scare talk. They're, they know how to manipulate the economic system. They just do that to, to manipulate. Now, what they're going to have, to you know, because once we are, you know, probably going to experience some more collapses or whatever, but oh, it's not that, you know, Americans' resilience, hey, we survived without any government during, you know, the, the Revolutionary War. There wasn't hardly any, and even afterwards, there wasn't. If you had said, do you have police in this town? There's no such thing as police. There was a sheriff and maybe a couple of people if you had needed to get a posse together or whatever to do what was right. I mean, I almost feel like I wish we could go back to them days before they had police officers. But, you know, um, today's day, they've got everything pretty much. We'll make sure that all, you get all the food you need. And if somebody goes against us in the Middle East or here and there, I, I really think if, it, if things get bad, we're... There's too much um, their money supplies being, you know, because they push it so much everywhere. The ultimate thing is start a, start WW3, World War Three, and then whoever wins controls the money system. And I can see that happening by 2020. 
about it's kind of my prediction that we are going to see WW3 by 2020 or 2025. Well, the billionaires are getting out of Dodge and building their bunkers. Yep. They're building luxury accommodations in old abandoned missile silos that are nuclear hardened. So they must know something. Right. But, you know, man's, man's resilient. We can look and say, you know, we are very fortunate to have the Bill of Rights and live under liberty and live the long life so we are fortunate to be blessed with. It's the future generations that we have to worry about because they could come under a Kim, Kim Jong-un type government. You know, and, and Marxism and socialism is definitely anti-Christ. Whereas you got South Korea, they're one of the most Christian nations on the planet. Well, there's all this talk about these doomsday scenarios, humans becoming extinct, TV channels like the History Channel, Life Without Humans. Are they trying to put some kind of message across? Then we have... And Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Stephen Hawking, and a few others that if you let artificial intelligence go out of hand, that it's going to take over and it'll be unstoppable and humans will become extinct because it'll be like what's happened when primitive humans come up against advanced human technology and they get wiped out. So... It sounds like they're trying to send some kind of message to us about that. Yeah, there's a big transhumanist movement and transgender movement and trans manipulation movement. And forget about the old human way of life. America was founded. If you went back to the Revolutionary War, anybody that was able to read, everybody had a Bible. And they all knew what, you know, the lessons of that story were. Um, It's still the most popular book in the world. And I think, you know, as long as the Christians get together and start looking after each other, we'll still be all right. But, you know, we do have a, you know, we've always had. I mean, you know, (laughs) Christ was crucified by the state. The state, you know, handed him over to the Jews to do as they please. And, um... it was the state Mob, that did it. so to speak. So, yeah, well, that's where we're at today. You know, we got the mob saying, no, we don't want Christ in our schools. We don't want Christ here. We don't want Christ there. For Christ's sake, get out of here. That's what they're saying. That's what the uh, majority of the, uh, that's the opinions today from the court. That's what the majority of the Republicans and Democrats go with. Okay, well. We're running out of time here. Do you have anything to add to sum it all up? Well, to sum it all up is put Christ in your heart, study the Bill of Rights, because that is the foundation of this country. And, you know, if we stick together and band together, work locally, act locally, tell people, hey, we got to get away from this this federal big two-headed monster. Okay, well, I thank you for the call. We'll be back again next week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.